0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Yellow Cast, your one-stop shop for everything lifting, feasting, and gaming-related. And I believe this is episode forty-six. I think we're getting close to fifty, which is really, really big. I didn't think we'd hit fifty episodes when I started this podcast, and I didn't think we'd have a consistent co-host.
1: A who? A where?
0: <laughs> Speaking of, uh, it's Norstamu himself. <laughs> What's up, dudes? Hey, Rock, what is up, my friend? Welcome to the show. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning into the podcast, this is your show about everything lifting, beasting, and gaming-related, like the intro says. Uh, we've got a big bit of news to go over before we get into today's topic. We've got some fan write-ins on today's topic. So we're just going to start right now with the weekly weigh-in. So, uh, Mr. Zeffinblade, sir, yeah, would you like to tell the fine folks at home uh, how you achieved Super Saiyan God form today?
1: Uh, well, I I was Boo Boo the Fool, and I didn't do my math right, and I overshot, which ended up in a PR, and I got 430 for five on a decline press, and then I be- did a big, big deload to compensate for that. Uh, and I got 315 for 25. Just you know, just gonna just gonna do hit that. You
0: hit that uh the one arm row too, the one arm pull down.
1: Oh yeah, I did that. Uh, I got a rep PR uh 270 for 10 on a single arm pull down. So and the, that was the man, sweet. the man
0: who says Thursdays are rest days goes into the gym and
1: just I was feeling it today, man.
0: Destroy it. Hey man, more power to you. I'm not feeling it this week because we got three feet of snow. And my ass shoveled for, (laughs) let's see, two hours on Tuesday and three hours on Thursday, and I have to shovel some more on Saturday, so I just, I did some stretches today, I did some foam rolling because my recovery kit came in, that's all I've been doing, my wrist is messed up, so Mm -hmm. I could not put any weight on it to do chest, I don't even know if I'll be able to do shoulders tomorrow because of how messed up it is. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny how like a little thing and i'm not saying that's a little thing but how like one little thing just throws
0: everything off oh, the
1: whole it's... chain is done
0: this week has been because we're gonna go right into food next so this week has been like my most off week of like watching what i eat and everything since probably new year's like the week mm. of new year's uh and it's because snowed in for two days uh you know didn't have my meal prepped because i knew i wasn't going to work and we were playing trials and then just kind of like picked at things but uh i'm doing i'm doing the best that i can with what i got Mm -hmm. have uh have you had any good foods did you give in to your rice crispy treat craving at all this week
1: uh i did not because my sister had her birthday on the 30th Mm -hmm. um happy happy
0: late day of birth,
1: and uh i will thank thank you i'll tell her but uh she turned 20 so there ah. was like a bunch of birthday cake right so i was like all right i need to cut back on sugar for a little bit um
0: because you can't say no to birthday cake come on you can't yeah it's part of life you gotta uh, eat that birthday cake
1: you got it and so i cut back a little on that um not anything like too necessarily exotic but this morning the reason i was feeling it is uh put a bunch of fried eggs over a bowl of rice and that is just like oh for me in terms of like a satisfying and calorically dense breakfast and nutritionally dense that's the goat right there it's just a shitload of fried eggs over a bowl Mm -hmm. of rice
0: (laughs) my uh i've done that at my fiance's house when we have like leftover taco meat is i'll do mm-hmm. taco meat with some with a couple fried eggs and like a burrito oh bro i uh last night my grandma made this italian dish i think it's uh called chicken or or something i can't remember the exact mm-hmm. name but it's like chicken thighs cooked with some oil peppers and onions ground up italian sausage vinegar peppers like it was delicious and uh, I just I I ate too much of it like I had a second bowl because it was just so good mm-hmm. let me tell you as delicious as it was it was the biggest mistake I made I woke up this morning oh. dying of thirst <laughs> oh, I woke no. up this morning my heart was racing I was just sweating all morning until like my first hour at work until I finally had like my shaker of water like my first 28 ounces and once mm-hmm. I started getting water in, my body was just like okay okay let's relax
1: you had the meat sweats.
0: It was bad. Tonight was leftovers, so I just had leftover meatballs, sausage, some leftover meatloaf, and a couple slices of leftover homemade pizza. Mm-hmm. But like that was that's about it. Meat didn't thaw out in time, so I was like, all right, it's just leftovers. Which is listen for people out there who don't like leftovers. If you do any type of content creation or you have any busy kind of schedule, leftovers can be a godsend. Like tonight, leftovers were great. I've eaten dinner and got it all done before stream so
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me pull This up is the, the way <clears throat> this is the way okay so that uh that was the weekly way in there's a lot of gaming news a lot of stuff is happening uh the first thing is the mass effect remaster got announced not announced but they got their official trailer and it's apparently mind-blowing i haven't looked at it yet
1: it's very good yeah i gotta very go look good. at it
0: it's I played Mass Effect for the first time on the PS3 remake? Remaster, I should say. Mm -hmm. I'll probably buy the trilogy again for the PS4. I will not, however, buy um, the N7 edition, which is a bunch of stuff, but mainly it is a wearable, fully functioning Commander Shepard helmet. Um, Yes, sir. But that edition of the game... That, that addition does not come with the game. Uh, so, I've seen a lot of people that are really happy about it. They're really excited, which is great. Because there's not a lot of collector's editions out there that give you physical things to wear. I know uh, Fallout 76 had the power helmet. Fallout 4 had the Pip-Boy. Fallout... Or not Fallout. Um, <clears throat> what is it? Titanfall 2 had a pilot's helmet. And that was apparently really good. So that's happening um and then we got we got some destiny news and what is an lfg podcast unless zeph and phantom talk about destiny nothing honestly we could probably make a second podcast and just talk about destiny
1: here we go let's monetize it roll it out oh my god (laughs) get it to corporate
0: (laughs) we'll go against uh the destiny community (laughs) podcast i'm coming for pope Bear. (laughs) <laughs> I want the throne. Um <laughs> fire team chat. Destin lagiri's out because he's having a baby. mazel yeah. Tov. But no, we're coming they, for the They want to go to a bi-weekly schedule. We'll come and pick up the Slack. Nah man, um, I'm coming into your throne world with my Xenophage. It's that's, over. That's game. GG. It's so, my podcast now. Um so the Twab came out and we also got a trailer for Season of the Chosen. Really hyped. Really dope. Um My desktop background on one screen is now the screenshot Bungie posted of Zavala and Osiris talking to Keitel. So that's really cool. And then, uh, so just some things to go over, and then Zeph has something he wants to kind of get in about. Um, But it's things we know, so the Swarm, the Palindrome, and Shadow Price are all returning. The new seasonal weapon for next season is a Breach-Loaded Grenade Launcher hilarious mountaintop 2.0 It's
1: hillcrest baby
0: um there's new trials weapons it looks like messengers coming back plus a new hand cannon plus a new sword that looks like tempest hook but it's solar we've gotten the full reveal of the trials armor which goes live on the 12th that looks so crispy mm-hmm. um and then what else did we get oh trials is getting a bunch of cosmetics so they're getting a new ghost shell they're getting a new sparrow they're getting a new ship strictly so let me let me read this verbatim this is not eververse stuff these are strictly in the playlist so the ghost shell drop chances increases as you win matches and increases when you hit the 3 win 5 win 7 win and flawless milestone every week the ship and sparrow drop chances increase every time you go flawless so what I'm getting from this is you can get these rewards as random drops but for the ship and sparrow going flawless increases your chance at getting it
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which uh, some people would take umbrage with and might lead to some FOMO but mm -hmm. honestly like I think as long as they're generally reducing FOMO I'm okay with some things being behind kind of an insurmountable wall of like if you want the thing you have to be good enough to get the thing but otherwise yeah like Um, 95% of things should be
0: open and free so it's because the because the the longevity of destiny is in a different spot than it was in destiny one I can understand the argument for the raid exotics right yes Um, Anarchy, 1,000 Voices, Eyes of Tomorrow, those incrementally increase with every run you finish, right? That I understand. Um, things like this, I have no problem with this. Like, if they were to say, you get the ship by going flawless, I would have no problem with that. Because I think when you talk about fear of missing out, um, I think that should focus more so on seasonal content that comes and goes rather than something that is going to be in the game for the long term right because if Mm, you look at d1 you if you look at d1 and i'm going to use this example because this is the closest thing we have you only got trials ornaments by going flawless yeah you could get the armor as random drops and obviously when you hit the milestones of three five and seven you got better drops. You know, you got a different Mm -hmm. piece of armor, a different weapon you didn't have. But going flawless was how you got adept weapons, and going flawless is how you got all your ornaments. And, like, that was it. I'm perfectly fine with systems like that. If you want to say to me... And they're doing it with the Vanguard, too, right? If you want the adept weapon of Shadow Price, Palindrome, and the Swarm, it only drops from Grandmaster Nightfalls. Yeah so instead of like catering to the casual audience which i'm like semi a part of depending on the day right instead of (laughs) catering to them and being like oh but we want that and they're just like okay it's just a nightfall reward just do heroic nightfalls no be like hey you want this and they're like yeah you got to do the toughest thing to get it All the raids did that. That was the point of end game activities is they had the coveted things that you could only get by doing them. Yeah. And I think the problem now lies with the fact that destiny has gone free to play and they've taken on this seasonal moniker and model and they're constantly rotating things in and out of the game where Destiny 1 didn't have that problem. Everything was always in the game. So, like, if you were playing Taken King and you wanted Vault of Glass gear, you just had to manage to find a team to run Vault of Glass, right? Yeah. So, I know they said they're gonna try and... Like, they're focusing on cutting back on Fear of Missing Out. I hope that certain things stay kind of prestige things. Like raid weapons like all raid associated things stay in the raid this trials thing like yes if they want to make something specifically for going flawless that's fine in my opinion right um that's my take on that i do think more playlists need more cosmetics like this the fact that trials is getting it makes me hopeful that down the line iron banner will get a new suite of cosmetics the Crucible will get some. The Vanguard would get some. Like, uh, remember back a couple years ago? I don't remember what year exactly, but you could get an exotic ship from Zavala. Uh,
1: yeah, no, that was. Um...
0: Ichor's Resolve.
1: Oh, yep, yeah, that was it. Yeah, was it was the Ar- the Arcadia one. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it was the Ar- it was the Arcadia one with the the needle on the end, and it had the black mm-hmm. and white markings. That was a that was a you know Zavala thing and if they want to say okay we're adding these cosmetics into strikes and playlists and say like they bring heroic strikes back right mm-hmm. they're like you have a better chance of getting these cosmetics through heroic strikes or the higher difficulty the nightfall the better the drop rate is kind of like they do exotics and materials yeah. i think adding that kind of not carrot on the stick but like distancing the reward from the player and being like this is what you have to do to get a chance at this I think that's good and it gives players an incentive to be like let's farm nightfalls tonight besides just golf balls
1: I mean Destiny players in general like as a player base for the most part are here because they love engaging in that grind like most of the people who play Destiny Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of them came from just like a straight up FPS crowd and branched out. But a lot of these people started on like RuneScape or Vanilla WoW or, you Mm -hmm. know, something else like that. And they are used to the grind. And part of the incentive is the grind. You know, they want things that they're going to have to play the game for as opposed to just like, here's the thing done. You know, like that, that, that does not spark joy.
0: No, it does not. Um, and I think that's like one of the things that destiny is sorely lacking right now is yes, is a thing, and we need more guns and we need more armor. Yeah, but like I've mentioned to Zeph privately, like we need more things than just gun and armor. Give us ships, give us shaders, yeah. give us shells, give us projections, give us stuff that like if Bungie wants to say, Hey, we're gonna make it exclusive like exotic ornaments are exclusively in eververse fine but like certain things i think should be in loot pools like we were talking the uh because i bought it on my warlock the hive ship that launched Mm -hmm. with season of undying the exotic Uh, one
1: on final shapes or the other one uh
0: the red and the red and gray one the look like yeah that is on final shapes. Yeah. yeah yeah in my opinion that should have been a that should be a drop chance from scarlet keep scarlet keep yeah um the the harpy shell right the harper shell Mm -hmm. also dropped that season that should have been a drop from either the vex offensive or garden of salvation and then eventually rotated into the eververse store instead of it's all in the eververse store well, what do I get for doing my strike? You get some blues and some currency. What about a shader? Oh, no, you have to do a quest for that. Why can't you just add shaders to the pool? No, go do the adored quest to get stuff. Mm-hmm. We need more guns is the most violently American statement on this show. I mean, we play Destiny. We play Destiny and Borderlands, and in the age of looter shooters... Give me the loot. Need... Yeah, give me, give me the loot. And that is one thing right now that I think Destiny 1 will have over Destiny 2. At least, Destiny 2 current. Because year 1, Destiny 2 was a different thing. Iron Banner had ships, Iron Banner had sparrows, mm-hmm. they had ghost shells, shaders. They're adding more cosmetics, which is good. Throw yeah. some into the not even the world loop pool, just playlists. Give people yeah. a reason to play the strikes.
1: Uh, I'm okay with a low chance drop rate because back in d2 vanilla uh when like nobody was playing when it became apparent that d2 is actually kind of in trouble right now at launch because it just uh Mm -hmm. you were there either because you had nothing else to do or you had a genuine like kind of fanatical love of the game or both you know like there might have been a venn diagram there But I'm okay with the low chance drop rate because I was the guy who would spawn into heroic public events repeatedly by myself and just like try to farm out exotic engrams. And I would just spend all day doing that.
0: Yeah, there's I think when you get this debate and you get these people online that sit there and say Destiny 1 was better than Destiny 2 mechanically no it wasn't because from what i heard Mm -hmm. if you go back and play destiny one right now it feels super slow compared to yeah destiny two right
1: it's more Um, advanced halo and like let's keep in mind that for halo master chief can't sprint like
0: yeah can't (laughs) can't aim down sights either so yeah i get into that argument a lot but i think it's more when you look at it's not the guns it's not all that yes destiny had a lot of stuff that stayed in it because they didn't have to constantly evolve destiny one they knew they were going to a sequel there are things in destiny one that are not present in destiny two and i understand the the argument that bungie's independent bungie has to kind of monetize things that's fine right if bungie wants to make an exclusive like uh exotic sparrow for the eververse that's only available in the eververse and they sell it for bright dust one week and then they sell it for silver all season in my opinion that's fine where are the legendary sparrows that just drop like where's the strike specific sparrows uh
1: they're they're uh they're walled behind srl phantom yeah just go just go do some srl you'll get it
0: so like that's that's the big thing i i always remember is like i remember going to the vault in d1 and just having the list of collections for legendary ships yeah and the fact that if you want any legendary ship you have to get it from a bright engram Mm -hmm. that's fine like give us you're giving us a chance at it whatever it's a random drop like it would be in a strike but make more playlist specific gear like make a ghost shell for gambit that has like the gnawing hunger night watch cloak over it or something right you know make Mm -hmm. make a crucible sparrow that i don't know or a crucible ship let's say that has like the phoenix painted on it you know or has like a you make a crucible ghost shell that has Mm Shax's horn on it something like that and like it's a drop chance from playing crucible i think if Bungie gets to that point which hopefully that's the way they're going it seems if they get to that point I think they'll see more player engagement because there'll be more stuff for people to farm that doesn't go away especially with the new ghost system you know Yeah Uh but you wanted to touch on so in the trailer there's a short frame that we had to slow down to find it it's a uh, scorn yeah. pops mm-hmm. up and at the end of the trailer it's this giant ship in the middle of nowhere and Osiris says there's no light here now apparently in the lore Callus had a ship that was just collecting scorn off the taken off the tangled chore. Yep. people think that's what it is um you think it's a dungeon I think it'd be really cool if it's a dungeon some people have said <laughs> excuse me some people have said that it might be a tease for season 14 because I can see that. in the season of the hunt trailer we had a scene with Co- osiris Zaval, and the cabal that didn't happen until season until this season season of the chosen yeah. that we're gonna get so i had said to you off air for those listening um do you think that's the case do you think bungie is finally in a place where they're kind of like Fully, I mean, they have to be, where they announced the Witch Queen and they announced Beyond Light, or Lightfall. Mm -hmm. But do you think they're in the place, narratively, where they, like, they have a really good direction of where they want to go, so they can start doing teases like this early on?
1: Uh, yeah. Short answer, yes. Long answer is I think that Bungie has finally solved for X and Y equals MX plus B, (laughs) now they're on a good trajectory, (laughs) right? Um, But... Like, somebody, I saw somebody pause it kind of on mm-hmm. this note. I saw somebody speculate that the scene in the trailer with Kayadal, where they're, like, standing across from each other, the second one, where Kayadal has her knife, and is uh, there with masked crow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That everybody's body language seemed a little more relaxed, and that the battlegrounds, it's not Kayadal... Mm -hmm. Kayadal's trying to do one of a couple things of like, yes, either form an alliance with us or subjugate us or see just how strong we actually are and then make an equal partnership. And this Mm -hmm. season is going to be like us kicking the crap out of her lower foot soldiers. So she's like, okay, you got game. And then that's where the second scene will come in towards the end. Right.
0: I uh, I, will actually team
1: up. Um, So I think that, yeah, they do. They have a lot more, obviously they have more agency in general now but i think they have more agency to like start teasing stuff in the future because they don't have to answer to anyone they can be like we know where the narrative is going right right yeah, yeah, yeah. and then however they're going to market that however they're going to package that whatever but they know where their narrative is going they are in control of that so they can start teasing things a season ahead two seasons ahead mm-hmm. um, and not everything that you see in a trailer has to necessarily happen in that three month time span
0: yeah I uh I agree I think uh I think going forward we can see a lot more hints and teases Mm -hmm. and little little things here or there um also breaking news as of 18 hours ago this is unrelated real quick borderlands developer gearbox will join embracer group formerly known as thq nordic as a wholly owned subsidiary so that's interesting um but yeah i think we'll start seeing a little more and more like hints and and teases and like oh what could this be oh what could that be yeah and I'm really excited I had mentioned this on a tweet that somebody posted they said you know what do you think Destiny's doing right right now where do they need to improve do you believe the devs are listening yeah yeah I believe now from what we've been seeing, it's not everything the, the whole community wants, because you can never please this this community. It's splintered in too many directions. Um, but yes, I think that the developers are listening. I think Bungie is actually listening. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing Destiny is doing currently is its narrative. Yes. And we've, we've talked about this before. The people that are like, Beyond Light's story was garbage. You didn't play Crota's End. You didn't play D1 Vanilla because Beyond Light's narrative is is bookend, one point to the other. Barracks calls for help. Mm-hmm. You stop help. You unearth a secret. Like, there's a lot of narrative there. Season of the Hunt was great. The new lore they just released about the crow was really good with Osiris. Mm-hmm. Um, I think narratively, Bungie's doing really well, and then I think what they need to work on is everything I mentioned before about shaders and everything. But that is... I mean- As
1: a clarifying point, um, when Bungie says they're listening, right, and this is something that I've kind of had to wrap my head around and reframe and explain in very limited venues. But when Bungie says they're listening, right, they're absolutely telling the truth. They have no choice but to listen, right, because they get the comments they get the critiques they get the hate mail they see the content they're very tapped into this right they have no choice but to listen Mm -hmm. however when Bungie says we're listening they never explicitly say oh we're following through on what you said you know right
0: Yeah, yeah they're
1: gonna listen to you but they don't have to execute on it right right like that that's the disconnect some people have of when they hear bungie say we're listening they're like oh they're gonna do something not necessarily right you kind of yeah. got to take it in stride
0: yeah just because they said they're listening they don't mean they're listening right they're gonna they're gonna fix that right now right
1: yeah no that's... um
0: i mean look at tokens they've been saying they've been talking about we're listening about tokens for two years and we are just now seeing Crucible and Gambit shift away from those kind of systems. Yeah. Which means that, you know, down the road, other vendors will shift away from those kinds of systems, like Zavala. Mm -hmm. So they're listening. It's just, when you have a community this big in a game of this scale, it's like just a laundry list that just keeps getting added to. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, look at, uh, look at the catalysts that we're getting now. That was two... That was, like, what, six months ago? In the summer? When they were like, hey, it's yeah. going away. And everyone was like, "Whoa!" Like, it took six months for Bungie to be like, no, we're gonna add them back. We told you. Some things are really fast on, like Umbral Engrams. They, everyone was like, yo, this is, like, the greatest thing Bungie's ever done. And they're like, you know what? Shit. You like it? We'll give it back. So... It's it's a, it's a give and take. You gotta under Like yes, they're listening, but it will take time for them to. Imp- it could and will take time for them to implement the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like PVP, I Aha. I I believe that PVP will get its its day in the sun. Um, I don't know when. I honestly think they're waiting until crossplay. Uh because if they were to do PvP stuff now and then crossplay happens, that might cause like a mess of like unforeseen you know, complications.
1: Uh I am gonna fully admit that it is not my wheelhouse to comment on the programming aspect of things. Oh yeah. But I think that's a valid theory.
0: Yeah, this is all Uh, speculation.
1: Yeah, that that's a valid theory, I think, and I do believe that on one hand pvp will get its time in the sun like you were saying i think um there is going to be that reinvestment and that growth uh once again they're still putting pieces like they're not even putting pieces in place right they're still picking pieces up off the floor they are resetting the board uh because they were in a transitional phase and then we had a we're still in the middle of a global pandemic And they were in a transitional phase. Yeah. So they're having to do a lot of work. And I think that once crossplay is set and more things are set, that you're going to start to see that reinvestment. On the other hand, though, you've seen a lot of people who are invested in the PvP community. Uh, The diehards, a lot of them are staying because they can find workarounds. They can find things to keep things fresh and interesting. Yeah. And the rest of them are like going to play apex or are going to play warzone like mm-hmm. they're finding other games and they are happier for it to which i say awesome go be yeah. happy in that game you know like we i don't at some point yes your complaints are valid and we need to be listening to you because you're members of the community and every member of the community is important because they're helping to build this game with us yeah. at the same time if all you are doing is complaining and not giving us a valid fixes or b you're just a broken record go play a different game go be happy go somewhere yeah. else that's fine go be happy over there i'll be happy over here in my sandbox you go be happy over there in your sandbox we'll both be happy
0: because this is a, uh, this is stuff we've seen before but in the other way like it's mm. oh man bungie only cares about the pvp crowd like there was the yep. longest time pve was like we have nothing to do there's no reason to do anything yeah. it's like but you can play crucible and iron banner and it's like you know, so it's in in my theory, in in, in my head, what I theorize happening is crossplay comes out mm-hmm. and by next year, when the world has settled down and when things have finally shifted back to normality, you will see uh, because Bungie's been hiring this entire time. Like, there's a whole set of Bungie developers that have never stepped inside that office. Mm-hmm. Once Bungie... I feel like once you see Bungie back in their office, like back in their home turf, is when you start to see things either happen a little faster or things like Crucible Labs comes back. This comes yeah. back. This gets changed. Um, But we're not going to know until then. I didn't mean for this to be a Destiny episode, so let's round out the last 30 minutes. Um, you can't make me! No, it's fine. Yeah, so thank you for listening if you've stuck with us so far. We're going to get into the meat of today's topic, um, which is what video game got you into gaming? Like, what was the one game that literally solidified you with, like, no, this is... This is amazing. I need more of this. I want more of this. Uh, please give. So we have some write-ins, uh, and I'm gonna let Zef go first.
1: Uh, mine go is mine is a storied tale, so you can go first.
0: Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was thinking about this all day at work, and I was going back and forth. Calico says, I didn't mean this to be a destiny episode and other lies we tell ourselves.
1: That, uh, that is truly Felwinter's
0: life. Got um, <laughs> I, I can't. So, <laughs> um, so I, I was going back and forth on this and I was like, well, do I want it to be the first game? Or I was like, do I want it to be my, you know, at what point in my life did I feel like I felt that shift? Mm-hmm. Um, And I think, wholeheartedly, I have to say that the game that made me a gamer, the game that sat there and was like, this is what gaming is, and you can do this as much as you want, Mm -hmm. was Kingdom Hearts 2. It was... I had never played a Kingdom Hearts game. I remember seeing a... Cardboard like promotional piece in Toys R Us or Chain yeah. of Memories when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I'm I'm sitting home one day watching, I don't know, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, whatever the hell I was watching, and I and I see this cutscene, and I see this black screen, the square Enix like ding, and this huge orchestral music starts playing and there's Disney characters everywhere. And there's a dude with spiky hair. And in my head, I'm like, what is this? What is this? What drew me was the Disney characters. I was like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? What's Mickey doing? And I bought the game and sounds, this is gonna sound so stupid. When I first did the opening, I got really weirded out by the last part of the tutorial. When you're in the Twilight Mansion, Mm. and the nobodies are everywhere because it's just dead silent and then you just hear the swink, swink, like that that creeped me out as a kid but i i pers- persevered i got through it and i just i could not put the game down and that was the moment i think that i was like oh so so you mean there's other games besides mario <laughs> there are and other like, worlds like, I was like, there's... What else is there? um, <laughs> And I have since, like, the rest is kind of history. As you can tell by the wall behind me if you're watching on Twitch, uh, I've played Kingdom Hearts 2 ten times. I own every game in the series. And I've never looked back. And I, I don't think I would be in this position today, recording a gaming podcast on a gaming website. Mm-hmm if it was not for that game so mine was kingdom hearts 2 what's yours zeph
1: uh so i didn't have like many systems growing up uh, my first ever system was a game boy color it was Classic. a neon green game yo, Boy yo we had
0: the same game boy color
1: let's go and my first ever video game for that game boy color was ken griffey jr's sluggers or whatever like it was it was a baseball video game beautiful and i was like okay i have no real interest it was a present right yeah uh, i have no real interest in this but you know like hey it's it's a game not gonna complain played that uh got pokemon pinball had fun with it pokemon still just pinball. like the novelty of video games just like wow this is fun you know i can do this yeah. Um, and played like Dragon Warrior monsters, which was great because when mm. I was, uh, in my elementary school at the time, we would go to the library and like I would look for the new monthly issue of Nintendo Power, right?
0: Oh yeah. So I'd just be
1: like, oh man, this game's gonna come out. Uh, and you know, just get prepared for that. But nothing like really grabbed me, grabbed me. I got some stuff like that, A uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters. Like I said, I played MagiNation, which was fun. I actually, instead of going online, I wrote a letter to Nintendo. I wrote a letter to Nintendo cause I got stuck at this one part Magi MagiNation as a kid. Oh no. And, uh, it turned out to be really simple. And I was just like stupid cause I was a kid. Uh, yeah. oh my God. And uh, I got a letter back. I legitimately got a letter back. And you could just tell the person who had written, it was just like, this kid's a fucking idiot. Cause like the <laughs> solution turned out to be super simple, but I thought it was funny that I got the letter back. But so these kinds of games of just like, you know, turn-based RPGs and JRPGs and stuff like that. I started huh. to really gravitate to it. So the game that really grabbed me, the one that made me run out all the ink in the printer and all our printer paper, printing out the uh, guide from GameFAQs, Mm -hmm. was Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance.
0: Golden Sun. Golden
1: Sun on the Game Boy Advance is like unimpeachable. It is the GOAT. Uh, and I've played many other games since then that I would consider in some ways better and have more depth. Uh, some games mm. I enjoyed more, but like Golden Sun is enshrined as that first game where just like I was in. I was obsessed.
0: And you were just um, fucked.
1: Yeah, I I printed out a man's guide from Facts. i could have just left it online and scrolled through when i needed to but no i printed this thing out page for page drew a custom cover for it like i took another blank piece of paper and like made a tome out of this thing right and put it together with binder clips and hid it in a secret place for when i wasn't playing the game and i would just have it next to me when i was playing golden sun so that is like the game that i really got into it as a kid
0: i am i am now discovering that you and i had somewhat similar <laughs> childhoods <laughs> so when i eventually got kingdom hearts one mm-hmm. my mom helped me print out because i was big into strategy guides like yeah i don't know yeah. if i i don't know if i have any here but i know i have like in storage I have like Lego Star Wars, Sonic Advance 2, Pokemon what? XD Gale of Darkness. My yep. mom had to tape my Pokemon Crystal and my Kingdom Hearts 2 strategy guide mm. because I would just re- I would just thumb through them so much the pages fell out. Yep, the binding was torn. She uh when I had gotten Kingdom Hearts 1, she helped me print IGN's walkthrough guide. Mm-hmm. For Kingdom Hearts, and I don't know if I still have it, but I distinctly remember that happening. And I was like, "Bruh, it's just we're we'll do a, We'll do an episode eventually about like our earliest gaming memories." But yeah, when you have talks like this, you kind of realize just there's a reason people say gaming brings people together. It's because mm-hmm. A lot of people end up having like... I had Pokemon Pinball on my Game Boy Color and my mom I used love, to get annoyed love. because I would fall asleep playing it at night. Yeah. And I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't know where it went and I would scramble for it. Mm-hmm. And she'd get up and she'd be like, you fell asleep with your Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny because my mom calls my DS a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Like that's just everything in her head handheld is a Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, I mean, and that's pretty funny, but Pinball or uh, Pokemon pinball that we had a long road trip one time. And that was like the game I had brought.
0: Right?
1: Uh, and I hit my high score in the red course where I got to the Mewtwo stage a couple times. I hit my high score of like over oh, 6 billion in Pokemon pinball.
0: You got to Mewtwo. Yeah. You're better than me. <laughs> um, we had a lot of time, dude. I believe you. <laughs> Um I was really bad at games as a kid and like I would get stuck on a lot of games like uh we had mm-hmm. SpongeBob and the Legend of the Golden Spatulas. Okay. I got stuck uh, on the Fish Hook Carnival. We or Kelp Kelp Forest. Um We got um Calico says my brother overheard and screamed across the living room. Pokemon Pinball is so insert intense profanity here. Good! <laughs> Um, you're right you're right it's a like a game wario land three i got stuck i was just a bunch of games like as a kid king the first game i remember beating was dragon ball z booze fury on the game boy advance i had that that i remember i had to keep it paused in my dad's car because we went to mm-hmm. a birthday party and i couldn't save it and i was at yep. the kid boo fight i came yep. back it was still on and i beat kid boo Yep. oh uh, so. I think
1: I think anybody who has had a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance has been at the point where they're in the middle of a thing they can't save and they've just, like, put their Game Boy somewhere safe, maybe covered it with, like, a little towel, a little watch cloth, you know, something like that. Just been like, be safe, my sweet prince, and come back later, Dude. found that it's still on, and it's just, like, intense serotonin burst.
0: It was the biggest burst. Um, yeah. So... Fusion writes in, and Fusion's a good friend of mine. Uh, that Mario and Pokemon, but specifically Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Okay. And Pokemon right. Yellow, where the game got him. Yo, Yellow. So I didn't have. Okay, so I borrowed Red from my one cousin. Never mm-hmm. gave it back. I still have it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fine. We don't talk to that cousin anymore anyway. I uh, um
1: I. I bought blue off the kid across the street who is younger than me and therefore dumber than me
0: for 10 bucks. Terrible person.
1: I didn't know. It was fair. It's capitalism, baby. Um, Now I have a
0: blastoise. And then my other cousin had yellow and I go, screw them kids. That's right. Uh, And I asked him to borrow yellow because it had Pikachu. And I really Mm -hmm. love the anime. And the one cousin was like, no, he never gives anything back. And I was like, I haven't beaten it yet. I got stuck. Mm-hmm. But this other cousin was nice. He let me borrow it. He helped me get through Silph Co. Uh, uh, and then I gave it back to him. I still have the red mm-hmm. copy, though. But, uh... Poppin' Lock says, yellow was god tier? Yeah, dude. I Last time I played yellow was on a ROM when I studied in England. And... I just... I kept Arcticuno in my party and just mopped the floor with Lance. I was like Ice Beam, everything.
1: You're done. Uh, Yellow, honestly perfect, but the game that got me into Pokemon was gold. Gold is a perfect Pokemon game.
0: I got one better.
1: Are you going to say Emerald? Crystal. Crystal? Okay, Crystal is pretty good.
0: got Crystal for Christmas one year, and I remember this. I remember this vividly. And there's there's a lot of my childhood I don't remember, but there's certain moments I remember mm-hmm. exponentially visibly. Pop and Lock says, Yes, Zeph, me too. Mm-hmm. Emerald is his favorite. Um, I had Sapphire. So I got Crystal for Christmas, and I sat on the steps in my grandparents' house on Christmas Day mm-hmm. and played Pokemon Crystal nonstop. I sat at the mm-hmm. dinner table and played Pokemon Crystal nonstop. Pokemon yep. Crystal is the first Pokemon game in which I beat the Elite Four. There you go. And I think that is the reason my favorite Pokemon is Suicune. Um, okay.
1: All right. No, that's valid. That's valid.
0: I had I had Sapphire and a Blue SP. My mom bought mm-hmm. them at the same time. We went down the shore to the bay and I either must have had it in my pocket or it oh, fell out no. of something because when we got into the car to go home i i couldn't find it that's tragic. and it was i had a septile was my was my starter i chose and i was in love with this game because we had gotten it that summer right before we went away mm-hmm. there was even a point in high school where i was at my grandpa's house like ready to take a nap and at this point my mom bought me a new sp my mom bought mm-hmm. me a new copy of silver like everything was mm-hmm. fine I was laying on the couch about to take a nap and I remembered that because at Mm -hmm. this point it was like maybe like five years, maybe six in between. And I got, I still got upset about it and like started tearing up and then took a nap. (laughs) I was so heartbroken Mm -hmm. because I loved that thing so much. Um, But that was mine. Uh, Franklin Turts wrote in and funny enough, his two games that really got him into gaming was pokemon blue Mm -hmm. and spyro year of the dragon
1: yo oh i love spyro um
0: i played spyro one on ps4 for the first time i want to say two years ago Mm platinum did loved it it. platinum did 100 percented uh i started playing spyro 2 but i think because i just did spyro 1 i was like burnt out so I was just like, no, I'm not going. And I haven't played it since. Uh one day I will get back to it. And I know we have a couple more write ins from Instagram. Oh, let's go. So let's see. Uh I asked on Instagram what what got you in what game got you into gaming? And uh my fiance wrote my gamer nerd boy uh fiance. Because I bought her uh, an SP for Christmas and Super yeah. Mario World. And I was on the phone with her while she was stuck on the final Bowser fight, screaming and cursing. And then she beat it. There you go. I was so proud of her. Um, Pop and Lock says, did you know Pokemon Blue and Red was banned in Saudi Arabia because they believed it was akin to summoning demons? I did not know that. Um, and then praised beast from discord wrote into instagram new super mario brothers Wii is the game that got him into gaming okay all right so there's a lot of games out there and let us know after listening to this what game got you into gaming Um, definitely somewhere down the line we'll do an episode about like our first game like the the what well, our earliest gaming memories and stuff like that. We'll do an episode where we like what's our favorite game of all time. There's a lot of stuff. So if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Uh like we said, this was not a destiny episode, but things get away from us and we get excited. So that's that. Uh if you want to join in on the conversation, we record live every Thursday over on twitch.tv. The link for that will be in the podcast description, as well as Zeff and Blade's Twitch channel link. You can go catch him smoking fools in Iron Banana. Uh, and next week, we'll have a brand new topic for you guys. And we hope you enjoy it. Share it with your friends. And we hope to see you then. Zeph, do you have any final words to say to the fine folk? uh
1: luke smith once again i called it Bungie, please hire
0: we got to tweet of them <laughs> joe blackburn this man has called it <laughs>
1: please please
0: hire receipts Bungie, um, i love you
1: all right no i'm good
0: okay so until next time don't forget to lift beast end game and we'll see you in the next one